Hey, happy Monday. Happy Monday. Good morning. Good morning. So we're doing the Monday morning data chat. Um, strangely enough, on a Monday, <laughs> it's also a Memorial Day. So uh, thanks to all the uh, people out there who, um, you know, made some sacrifices. So um, anyway, we want to talk about uh, an article actually that came out um, a few months ago, but it was making the rounds on Hacker News recently. So this article is about a Potemkin data science. So uh, I think this caught your attention, Matt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, it, it really resonated based on a lot of things I've seen. And I think when I showed it to you, I mean, what was your experience with it? Yep, same. Yeah, I, reading through it, it felt like it was uh, um, kind of speaking to our souls, so to speak. So yeah. do you want to give a brief description of what Potemkin uh, means in this context? Maybe a bit of a history? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of, uh, it, it's probably a bit of uh, a, a legend at this point, but uh, the idea is that uh, Russia under Catherine II conquered new territories in the Ottoman Empire. And uh, so Catherine II wanted to go see these new territories and see what they were all about. And so Potemkin set up um, essentially these fake villages along the way to make the territories look much more exciting than they actually were. Um, a lot of it was, you know, just open land, plus they, you know, the, maybe the degree of control over the actual villages in this territory wasn't as great as they wanted it to be. So they invested massive amounts of money and effort into creating this fake experience. It was almost like uh, Disneyland for, for the Empress to see these new territories. And so imported villagers, basically actors to be villagers, built fires, built fake facades for buildings. And the, the general idea that the author of this article is talking about is that they create an experience focused on a single person, meant to deceive a single person about the state of things and the state of her organization, the state of her government, the state of these lands that she had conquered. And his comparison is what with what can happen within corporations and organizations in terms of um, data science that's meant to appeal to a particular executive or a particular leader, but isn't actually accomplishing anything is kind of a facade instead, which is these villages were for the most part, just facade with actors playing particular roles. Right. So I think we saw some parallels between yeah. uh, this article and data engineering, which we'll talk about, but I also think there are some, uh, you know, some elements of a Potemkin village that are worth uh, describing for the purpose of this article too. Um, and I think to start off, Again, you point out there's there's a few things where it, it's a lot of work. This is a lot of effort to set up this yeah. sort of facade. And then again, it also is meant to fool very specific people from a very specific vantage point. So um, if we if we think about this in the context of this article here, right, there's, there's uh, the Potemkin village of data science as marketing. Um, yeah. Do you want to talk about this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, one, so... I think I've kind of seen this with my, some of my own uh, work with companies, but in particular, I've had some friends who've seen this in startups where nominally the, the startup wants to be data-driven, but there really isn't a clear use case for data at some stage. So for example, I had a friend who was a data engineer at a small startup and uh, he was excited about the job. He was excited to work at a new company, excited about their product. And so he got the job and he's like, okay, what, what are our priorities? Like, what data do you want me to get? How do we want to transform it? Who are the consumers? And basically the leadership said, hey, we, we actually don't care that much. We just want to be able to tell our investors that we have data. So collect anything and just collect it basically. And, and then we can say we have data. We can put that in our presentation slides. We can use it for raising money. Yep, I think so, this happens a lot. Yeah. So have you seen similar things? Yeah. 
Yeah, quite often. Uh, you know, I, I've probably been a, a part of these, uh, you know, maybe making slide decks for um, startups where, you know, it says we're doing AI and that kind of thing. Or, um, you know, there's 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 a lot of companies, I would say, that that had data science efforts. Um, and what I, by the word effort, I, I use that fairly loosely <laughs> to describe, um, uh, you know, more of the... Um, more of the appearances of doing data science versus actual doing data science. Uh, this happened a lot back in the mid 2010s. I would say it still happens um, a fair bit, maybe not as much for what I'm seeing, but then again, you know, I'm sure it does. It's, it's appealing. And especially when there's a lot of money being thrown around at AI startups. Mm -hmm. And if you could just tack the word data science or AI, that means a big valuation, um, you know, bump and that helps. But you know, what this might look like on the inside for people, uh, lack of buy-in or institutional support, yeah. um, connections to the rest of the organization are few and, and tenuous, actual data, si data sets to work on are sparse or non-existent, and there's a focus on the process rather than the impact. I think this last point is very salient. Um, you know, it, it's about giving the appearances of doing data science versus uh, the impact of data science. So yeah. how, how does this tie into data engineering though? Um, well, that, that example I just cited, I mean, you can have the same thing happen on the data engineering side where, okay, so like you were saying, there's this appeal of putting AI into your slides. We've got artificial intelligence, we're doing data science, but there's also just the appeal of saying, hey, we're collecting a lot of data about our product. And mm -hmm. in practice, that data could be really useful in the future or it could be in a, collected in a way that's a complete waste. And, and maybe that's our bigger point here. I mean, I totally get it if you're running a startup, like raising money is really critical to make your startup successful. But at the same time, are there ways that you can collect data but actually also do something useful for the product that you're building at the same time without it being pure marketing and pure almost deceit? Yeah, I mean, you see this, I would say, um, you saw this in the, the big data days as well uh, with... Hadoop and Spark Stacks later on, where companies would spin up these, um, you know, big data infrastructures, uh, where honestly, a, a relational database would have just done exactly the same thing for mm -hmm. much less effort and cost. But there, there was uh, a lot of, um, how do you put it, uh, maybe incentive, right, to market yourself as being a big data company, right? Uh, you know, and, and I think you're starting to also see this with the quote modern data stack, where again, there's there's a lot of um, uh, people implementing uh, technologies that are very popular, uh, but maybe it's also to attract eyeballs onto the company versus mm -hmm. the impact that, that that stack may actually be having. Um, so, you know, but this, I think this has been something that's kind of existed through the dawn of time. Frankly, it's just you know data stacks or data science as marketing is just, um, it's just, it's a way that you're going to get street cred, right? Right. So. And especially in an era when data science, machine learning, artificial intelligence are these buzzwords. Um, and now I think increasingly data engineering, at least there's a recognition that data engineering is really critical to your success. There's the temptation to sort of do fake data engineering just for the sake of marketing, just like there was for data science and still is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this all goes on. I don't think it's going to stop. Um, yeah. Cool. So there, there's a there's another point here uh, in the article. I think they talk about. Let me just share that part real quick. So uh, data science as toy. So what does this mean? Yeah, I mean, he, he talks about the idea of you know collecting several PhDs and throwing them in a room and 
thinking that magical things are going to happen and they're going to change the world very easily, or mm -hmm. that maybe you hire people and they're, they're, they kind of treat the job as a bit of a hobby and do the things they really enjoy doing without having much broader impact on the business. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and the consequences of this are uh, unequal buy-in from decision makers, right. um, compartmentalization of the data science team away from other parts of the organization. Yes. Uh, an initial burst of resources, headcount, and enthusiasm that tapers off rather quickly. Uh, this We've seen this a lot. Uh, and frustration for management over the timeline, magnitude, or transformative power of results, i.e. the new toy does, doesn't prove its worth immediately. That is uh, That happens quite often. Um, and I think a lot of this just comes down to misaligned expectations yeah. uh, you know, with upper management and, and senior leadership with respect to data science initiatives. Um, and again, the same thing happens with data engineering. Uh, you know, that's the investment in this new data stack. It's going to, you know, yield a lot of awesome results. And um, then people are kind of left scratching their head. Okay. So like what, uh, what do we get for our money? Right. So, right. I mean, you have several things that can happen. So one possibility is that that isolated team really does develop cool stuff, but they really struggle to roll it out more broadly in the company because the rest of the company kind of has their own priorities. And so unless you really have an initiative from the top, this stuff is not going to get deployed. Or you have a team that develops really great technology, but it turns out not to be particularly useful for the business itself, right? It's right. like, yeah, it's it's a cool new way of processing data, but it, it like you were saying about big data, it's just not something that that organization actually needs and not something that's going to impact the bottom line. Oh, yeah. We, we, yeah. I used to see this a lot with, yeah. with you know, um, again, kind of the big data stacks, like, companies that had maybe a, a few gigs of data and by few, I mean like less than 10 spinning up, you know, a Hadoop cluster or Spark cluster, um, you know, and housing that, that data. It, it, it's when you kind of looked underneath the hood, it was, um, there were some cool novelty projects, I think that come out of it, but really it was nothing you couldn't do in a regular like Postgres database to be fair. Yeah. yeah. So and now the tools, the off-the-shelf tools have improved so much that there's so much you can do with like a Snowflake or a Redshift or a BigQuery just out of the box. And so, you know, anytime you're pursuing a specialized data stack, you really have to figure out what the use case is. And there definitely are use cases for other tools, but, you know, figure out what it is before you buy into that technology. Technology is not a magic bullet if you actually don't have a use for it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. I think this brings us to another point in the article. Uh, data science as laundromat. Uh, I think this sort of hits on a few themes, including your own experience being a PhD. Uh, you want to talk about this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is the idea in general that um, sometimes data science is used to justify decisions that have already been made, or sometimes data is doctored and modified in order to satisfy leadership that isn't happy with the data they're getting. Uh, both mm -hmm. of these things can happen. And they, they cite a particular example in Florida that I think is probably still in everyone's collective memory if they're paying attention to that story. I don't think anyone remembers COVID. I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah that's right. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, it, it, this, this example talks about a, a data scientist who um, works with the Florida Department of Health and, yeah. um, you know, maybe was, uh, you know, didn't didn't take a stance with data that, that aligned with other people in the government and, you know, then that uh, compromised her her job and so forth. I, I think kudos to, to her for sticking up for, uh, you know, facts, but, um, you know, in a lot of cases you see this where data scientists are brought in to uh, maybe alter some stories, um, you know, but this is, this has been going on for a long time. I mean, ever since, yeah. I, you know, even 
uh, as far as I can remember being in data, and it's been a long time at this point, you know, data uh, re- reporting, it, it's always like, okay, whose reports are, am I paying attention to? Which ones are right? And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and so forth. So I think it's, you know, since the dawn of time, data has been manipulated. I mean, geez, that book, uh, How to Light with Statistics, I think that came out in like the 50s or 60s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Before you know, companies, for the most part, were even using databases. I mean, maybe a handful were with IBM mainframes and such. But yeah, just just almost data that was collected by hand and figuring out how to doctor it to make your business look good. Yeah, because I mean, it, you know, the examples cited in that book are, yeah. are pretty pretty uh, rudimentary by t- today's comparisons. Like, how would you, even with a news article, right? Like, how how do you properly present charts? So, you know, data science is laundromat. I think this this argument's a bit. It, it's modernized, but this has been going on for a long time. And, and yeah. what this might look like on the inside, let's go through this real quick. So a large data science team, uh, but no clear path, uh, organizational power to make changes based on data science results, uh, hot and cold engagement from other parts of the organization, uh, projects and research directions given out from the top rather than built up from the bottom. That uh, happens a lot. Uh, being told to constantly fish for new data sets or more sophisticated methods when one arrives at counterintuitive results. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, happens yeah so and what does this look like uh for data engineering um i mean i I think of this as a problem that overlaps into analytics and data engineering Uh, data engineers often touch on issues of reporting and data transformation adding business logic and so sometimes pressure comes down from the top to say hey can we can we change the business logic can we redefine this metric in those pipelines so that the numbers that come out of the other end look better for Mm -hmm. whatever project whatever initiative it is yeah yeah yeah, I think, you know, the data engineers, I think, are less uh, prone to the direct consequences of yeah. laundromat behavior precisely because they, you know, are, you know, more responsible for the systems that generate the data. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, as you point out, there's, um, you know, potentially some political issues yeah. with being a data engineer if you're caught in the middle between upper management stakeholders who want to see data a certain way and a data analyst in particular or data scientists who need to present data in a certain way, right? Yeah. And so, you know, but this is where the data engineer's job is um, as much uh, being a diplomat as anything else, I would think. So. Right. And it, as you said, I mean, this is a problem that extends across all kinds of different parts of, the, of an organization. Like think of the accounting crisis of the late 90s that, you know, took down Arthur Anderson. I mean, mm-hmm. this was very much the same kind of thing, but on the accounting side, not like the big data or more pure data engineering side. And I, I guess, I mean... <clears throat> The, the fundamental problem here, all of these are hard organizational problems, right? Um, yes, we are kind of dishing out critiques, but at the same time, it's more, <clears throat> we hope we're pointing these out as an opportunity to make organizational changes, where if you are in leadership, you could say, hey, are, are we doing this or not? Is there an opportunity for us to really be data-driven? Being data-driven is actually extremely hard. It's easy to say, it's easy to spin up initiatives. It's really hard to actually respond to the data and what the data is actually saying. So. See it as an opportunity to actually dig into those numbers and say, are we, are we responding to the truth or are we trying to get the truth that we want to hear? Mm-hmm. And I think in the end, uh, responding to the truth is going to improve your business quite a bit, but it's very painful at the same time. Right. Yeah. I mean, so we've gone through data, you know, <clears throat> data science, data engineering is marketing, yeah. right? Same thing, uh, data science, data engineering is toys and then data science, data engineering is laundromat. I mean, what are, what are some takeaways? Like, why did this article resonate so much with you? Uh, I think a lot of it is that it's stuff that I've seen over and over again. And these are some of the the prime stumbling blocks for data science initiatives from what I've seen. It's actually hard to get data science right. It's hard to do data science projects that actually deliver value 
And that can be for a variety of technical reasons, but it can also be for organizational reasons. It's, it's hard to bring in this new tool in an existing organization and actually make it impact the organization in a positive way and bring about change. I mean, change is hard for humans and it's hard for companies. And so it, it's very easy to, you know, turnkey, spin up a team to do something, but to actually change the organization is a much bigger and tougher problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it certainly is. Um, unfortunately, I don't know there's a quick fix for that, right? No, not I mean, at all. I mean, you're dealing with a, that's a behavioral and cultural issue at that point. And, and I think as, as, as far as, uh, you know, I've been, I've been reading, you know, through history of businesses, it's, 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 mm -hmm. uh, it's been the central challenge. So, you yeah. know, but at the same time, I think uh, Potemkin data engineering, this is uh, something that data engineers always should have in the back of their head. And I think that to a large extent, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming people do practitioners. I know data scientists, um, at least a lot of the ones I talk to, they're, they're, they're aware of this. They're aware mm -hmm. of whether or not they're making an impact. Um, you know, cause if you aren't, then, chances are you're kind of probably going to be looking for, you know, a, a situation that where you can have an impact. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, and again, you know, I think the point of this is not to just criticize businesses. It's, it's to point out opportunities for improvements and change. I mean, data science and data engineering do become very powerful when they're actually implemented in a way that can impact the company and, and make changes in practices and policies and improve customer experience. Mm -hmm. Yep. And at the same time, it's just a good reminder to avoid the theater yeah. uh, that plagues uh, the technology industry in general, right? I mean, you see this not just in data engineering, but uh, software engineering, uh, you know, front end, back end, always going for the new shiny object, whether or not it's mm -hmm. actually going to add value to your project. Um, with data engineering in particular right now, there's uh, no shortage of tools and ideas and patterns that are coming out, it seems, on a near daily basis. And just keeping up with all these um, new trends is hard. Um, at the same time, uh, you know, I think as long as you can keep your true north uh, as a question of am I adding impact uh, to, to the data scientists and data analysts that I'm you know, serving, uh, I think that's as good of a litmus test as any. Yeah, yeah. And uh... You know, it's hard being in the trenches as a data engineer because you don't necessarily get a lot of say in the politics that happen way above you nope. where these decisions are determined. But you can at least make an effort to communicate where the opportunity arises and, and try to steer things in the right direction. It's that notion of managing up, right? Mm -hmm. Managing up can be very awkward and painful. And I don't know, I try to stay out of politics, but there are times when you should openly communicate what's going on when you have the opportunity to do so. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and data engineers are stuck between, you know, an interesting situation because you have uh, stakeholders, mm -hmm. uh, you know, across the board, whereas, um, you know, data scientists, data analysts are on one end, and then you got, um, you know, people creating the source data on the other mm -hmm. hand, and mm -hmm. then management kind of oversees a lot of those areas. So, again, uh, but again, you know, shout out to uh, um, Michael Corral, I believe is his name. Let me just share the article again. Uh, Tempkin Data Sciences. Again, this was making the rounds at Hacker News. I think what was it last week? Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's where it popped up for me, and I had not read it before. Yeah, it's a good, good article. Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen the, the notion of a Potemkin village popping up once in a while. Um, yeah. you know, in kind of various forms, but uh, it's always fun to see these big ideas applied to um, you know areas that are, are near and dear to us, in particular data. So. Awesome. Uh, I guess we'll wrap it up. I hope everybody has a great Memorial Day. Um, and 
yeah, until then, we'll we'll talk to you soon and see you next Monday. So, sounds good. All right, bye bye. Take care.